Hello, I'm David Schwingel, and this is a podcast from the Theater Arts Department at Bob Jones University. And specifically, this is a podcast about the Masters in Theater program at Bob Jones. I'm uh, one of the professors here, and uh, let me introduce... Uh, one of our other core professors, Dr. Erin Naylor. Hello, I'm Dr. Erin Naylor. How are you? I am. Good. <laughs> you have the robes to prove it. I do. Erin uh, studied at Texas, and I studied at Holland University, and we have complementary but different emphases in yes. theater. So yeah. we really, our program yeah, focuses on, I think, new work, ensemble, mm. and the American theater scholarship especially playwriting, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. especially scholarship, scholarship, those kinds of things. But we do a lot of things. We're going to talk about that today. So let me introduce our two graduating, uh, two of our graduating master's students who just completed all of their stuff, right? Yep. Yes. <laughs> so this is Ashley Gwillem. Say hi, Ashley. Hi. And Amy Murray. Hello. And they worked together on a, on a project, but they worked together for two years. So can you guys just, uh, Ashley, why don't you start, introduce yourself a little bit and maybe talk about, uh, well, just introduce yourself. Um, well, I've been at Bob Jones. I went my undergrad in Bob Jones, graduated in 16 with a theater degree, and came straight into the master's program. It was not my plan, but it happened. Um, and I'm ready to graduate. <laughs> so, you know, tomorrow, right? Tomorrow's the day. That sounds like you're ready to leave, which every senior or second-year yes. master's student is, but did you I, enjoy the program? I did. I loved it. I grew so much <clears throat> in the last two years. A lot of experiences that I never thought I would get, and a job opportunity that I didn't think would happen. Oh, wow. It wasn't for. Yeah. A job opportunity has opened up after mm-hmm. school? Yes. That's amazing. I'll be wow. teaching theater and directing and doing tech work at an academy in town. Excellent. Yes. I'm leading the witness, I know. But you, I mean, it's interesting because you didn't plan to come to master's mm-hmm. master's program in theater, but you you did. Can you say a little bit about that? Like yeah. why you didn't want to or didn't think you would, and then why you? Yeah. Um, school is never my thing at all. I actually hated school growing up. And the only reason I came to get a college education was because my parents made me. And so I thought I knew what I wanted my senior year. I was going to go off and work at a theater, do stage managing or tech or something. And I had opportunities. I applied to like six theaters, got job offers at every one of them, and none of them worked out. It was March, and I still had no idea what I was going to do when I graduated. And um, I just kept asking uh, Mr. Powell for their advice and... Then I was sat down by Mr. Schwingle and Pyle, and they asked, said, we apply, we want you to come to grad school. And I was like, at first, okay, Lord, what are you doing? And um, it just kind of was like silver platter right here. And so I was like, well, there goes, that, that, that answers everything. And so I knew it would be difficult, and I knew that I would struggle through it, but I didn't. I did a lot better than I ever thought I would hmm. in a lot of ways. So, and I grew as an artist. I figured out what I really did want to do was teach and go into education. And you just, you got, you both of you worked together for two years and you created your own thesis project, which we'll talk about in a little bit. Mm-hmm. But you also just finished a paper. Correct. Yes. A big paper, right? Very big paper. <laughs> for Dr. Naylor. Do you want to, I mean, do you want to say anything about that? Was that, that was they don't hard. know. They haven't seen their papers they haven't yet. Seen the, oh, this is suspense. <laughs> well, I saw the grade online. But, oh. you know, that was like, I saw. Don't give it away. But, so, we, we do practical work, which we'll talk about, and we do scholarship. Mm-hmm. Can you just say a word about what that paper was? What was it supposed to be? What was it? Hmm. 
Amy, you should introduce yourself first. Yeah, oh, Amy. yeah, so there's Ashley. So now, Amy, introduce yourself. Um, hi, I'm Amy Murray, and like Ashley, I also graduated with the undergrad in theater in 16, and then I um, uh, went straight into grad school for two years to study theater, and so Ashley and I have been doing it together. and six years. Yeah, for six years total now. And I primarily uh, was and I'm still interested in both performance and design work. Um, those are my two main interests. And so I've enjoyed getting to uh, develop those in grad school. I've had a lot of really great opportunities um, to get experience in both of those areas. So that's been really great. Yeah. Ashley, what would you say your areas are? Amy just talked about performance and design. Um, mine is directing, and then I do audio design and some light work as well. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So. Great. So, so this paper that you're avoiding talking about. <laughs> <laughs> you, can you just tell us the topics? We did a little paper conference. Aaron led this. We did yesterday. Yesterday, yeah. where they all presented their papers. Presented their papers. Mm-hmm. So. Hopefully this gives anybody listening a flavor of you just finished producing a huge show. We'll talk about that. But then, you know, you had some exams. You also had a paper <coughs> conference. You do, so well, can you just tell us your topics just so, to give, you know, let's announce it to the world. I mean. <laughs> okay, then. Uh, I wrote a play on Horton Foot and his use of land and how the relationships are based off the land, good and bad. If they don't have a connection to the land, there's a, there's a tension there. And then those who are very connected with the land usually have a better time relating to one another and having community. Hmm. Okay. What about you, Amy? I also wrote about Horton Foote, and um, I talked a lot about where he got his inspiration mm-hmm. from and um, how he crafted his stories, what techniques he used, and kind of just helping people understand, you know, what it takes to be a good writer and how, you know, he's a good example for us to look at as we look at good writing. Yeah, and we had two other students in the class, which we'll get to Momentarily, um, but not everybody wrote their papers on Horton Foot. He is from Texas. He but. is from Texas, which is important. Um, but what I love, what happened, I think, in the with the papers is we really had a group of papers that were about American modernism, and then we had a group of papers that were about American anti-modernism, the anti-modern reaction to the turn of the 20th century, um, which I thought was really. Like yeah. a nice way of thinking mm-hmm. about the class, because I think we read, I think in America the aesthetic is modern and anti-modern right now. I think that's kind of where we where we are at least right now, sitting sitting right now, where we are sitting right now. Half of the office is yes, modern, and, and the other half is anti-modern. <laughs> I'm on the anti-modern no, side. No. <laughs> yeah, no, that's that was it was they were very interesting and gives a flavor. We have that kind of scholarship happening and then we have up on your feet rehearsals and making theater yeah yeah we should introduce nathan and we'll get to your thesis project but nathan is here hello nathan can you introduce yourself and we'll actually nathan also was in that class and he wrote a paper topic that was not about no he's he was on the modernism side of the office yes so (laughs) we have a big piece of duct tape down the middle of the office we do yes uh and Nathan is a first-year student. We'll talk about that later. I keep promising these things. Mm. So, but it's Nathan, foreshadowing. it's foreshadowing. <laughs> I can't help it. It's part of what we do. So, Nathan, introduce yourself and tell us your paper topic. 
my name is Nathan Pitak. I graduated with a bachelor's in communication in 17, and I went into the, well, I came into the theater program this year. The master's program. Yes, the master's program. The theater master's program, yes. <laughs> <laughs> I wanted to do my undergrad in that, but um, after conversations with my parents, they wanted me to go a different route, mm -hmm. but they were more than supportive to help me get here. Um, my paper topic was about Nietzsche's influence on Eugene O'Neill. Uh, Eugene O'Neill read a lot of Nietzsche's work, most notably The Birth of Tragedy, and there is a paradox that Nietzsche talks about in his work in the arts and in reality, and O'Neill talks about how, through his plays, he is trying to unify that paradox. Yeah. Very good. Very interesting. It was a... Yeah. It's a good paper. Cool. We'll, we'll come back to Nathan at the end, and you'll tell us about your first-year experience, because you're in the first year of the program. The program's two years long, uh, over over four semesters, but you'll we'll hear a little bit about that. So, so back to you all, Amy and Ashley. So now you've, you've just finished your two-year project, which is you, you worked together like a little theater company. You pitched a season. You had to create a proposal and get that approved. And then the second year, that happened across the first year. And then the second year, you went ahead and produced this season, and you did a staged reading of a new play that actually you wrote, and then you actually fully produced an existing play. So can you tell us about, no order necessarily, but can you tell us a little bit about your thesis season and specifically this big production you just finished? You may want to say a word about the staged reading, but... Guess we can do a brief word about stage reading first. I mean, because mm -hmm. it sounds good. Seems like a farthest away. <laughs> um, so this fall, we did a stage reading of two short plays that I wrote um, over a period of time, and lots of versions and lots of different types of working on it. Um, Amy acted in it actually. So then okay. she read it. And Nathan, you were part of that as well mm -hmm. as a first year student. Yeah. Yes. I also read for it. Yeah. One of the uh, several of the characters. So. so this is where some of the new play development comes in. And actually, you didn't think you would be writing a play when you first I came, right? I didn't, actually, at all. Um, I mean, I enjoyed that kind of thing before, but I never thought it was something that I would do. And I think it was stretching for me to realize that I can do that. Like, I can go that direction if I, you know, if I feel called. And if I needed to write something, I can. And, um... So those things were, I mean, I talked to my parents, like, oh, we could have seen that coming, because as a kid, I'd write plays all the time and just play, make my sister act them out, not thinking anything now, but I enjoyed it. It yeah. was stretching. I mean, I realized how much I connected to my home in a lot mm. of ways while writing that play. Mm. Yeah, which showed up in your paper a little bit, I think. Yeah, I was going to say, that sort of became the subject, I think, of your work this year, was re- or realizing that there is in your own story and in your own experiences growing up things that you're attracted to mm -hmm. that can become part of your creative work. Mm -hmm. Right? It's not like you have to suddenly become a German scholar. <laughs> that, no, I'm good. I'll pass. Mm. Others may. You don't have to. <laughs> well, what I really enjoyed about the project we did first semester was that even though Ashley was writing the play, she we we had several different times where we got together and we read all the different drafts that she had come up with. So we got to really see the process and see the, um, the story evolve and the script evolve. And I think even put, give some input into that. And so I think it was a great ability to be a part of the collaborative and creative process in that yeah. as we worked on that. 
we do new play development here. I learned that at Holland's in my MFA work, and so we often lead develop a play to staged reading, sometimes to a full production, but this year it was a staged reading. And talking now about the second half of your thesis season, which was all about this big production, do you want to talk about that? What was it? What did you do? We put on a production of Seamus Haney's The Burial at Thebes, which is an adaptation of Antigone by Sophocles. Wow, big yeah. challenge, right? <laughs> yeah, very much so. so language play, Greek play, Greek, mm-hmm. epic. So maybe we Tragedy. can talk about some of what are the what were the biggest challenges of doing something yeah. like that. Um, out of our comfort zones is a big one because of the fact that we do a lot of naturalism, um, very much sets that have, you know, your cups, your plates, your furniture, and I've directed that way for, um, and I directed the play, and working with actors that have never really done something that didn't have all the furniture and was very open, and so having to get them to mm. be able to be comfortable in that space. And One reason for a master's program is to do something different in terms of style, mm-hmm. language play, Greek text, Irish keening, which mm. we'll talk about in a moment. Mm. Right? Yeah, to it was, challenge yourself. It was stretching. And, I mean, I could take some aspects of what I did learn through that into going into doing naturalism again or whatever the case may be. So as I, because I played Antigone, and so as I was, you know, on the stage playing that role, like Ashley said, um, there wasn't, like, there was, like, one chair, and that was Creon's chair, so I didn't really do much with it. So, you know, it was really... Um, a stretch or it was a challenge at first just to be able to take that presence and to be on stage and um, departing from that naturalistic side that I'm so used to doing but I think it actually was it was very it gave me a sense of freedom as I went on because I wasn't tied to those things Mm -hmm. and so then I could just relate to the other actors on stage and um, and use the language. And use the language. Yeah. So I think I grew as an actor because I grew a little bit more confident and just, you know, me on stage by myself, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, nothing else to, you know, give you. It's just you on stage. <laughs> now, the Greek chorus is always a challenge. And you guys, Gabby Prairie was in the, mm-hmm. she's a student in our undergrad program. She did the choreography, right? Yes, yeah, she that. did. Yeah, Gabby and I met early on and discussed all of the course parts, a lot of the stories they were telling and what they're telling, why were they telling it, and um, really worked through them, and then she choreographed them, not to music, not to any pre-recorded thing, but to the words themselves and the rhythm of the text, and worked through it. And so there was times after the rhythm was different than she heard in her head, so she had to change and adapt moving forward. Mm-hmm. And so um, it just really brought the chorus together and really helped them tell the stories that they told. And um, I think it was a very beautiful piece in, in our production in the end. Yeah, we, we were able to, you were able to incorporate movement Mm-hmm. into to the play, which we don't always have, which was great, and mm-hmm. cork speaking as well. Which um, is very different and difficult. Yeah. The, the master's, the big production for the master's students often is off campus. Um, it's sometimes in a found space, making do with what you have, and you have to do that on your budget and not go over budget. Sometimes it's in our black box space, performance hall, but this time we did it in a new space. Tell us about that new space. We performed on Rotahaver stage. So Rotahaver is a theater here at Bob Jones University, and we instead of putting the audience, and it's the big proscenium, right? It's a big theater. proscenium theater, and but we only used the stage. So we put the audience, we put the actors, everyone behind the proscenium arc, brought the curtain down. Um, so you have this big grand, you know, you have the fly space above you, you have this big wide stage that you're on. Um, 
but it's also very intimate because the actor, the audience is up there with you. And mm-hmm. so we kind of had the fun of doing both. Yeah, and it was like a new space, found space. You had to figure out what works in this space. What were some yeah. challenges? Um, challenges were interesting. Well, with directing, I mean, you're used to something like performance hall. It's smaller and intimate, mm-hmm. but with, again, the supply space and the, long, the sides, voices can be lost. I mean, the audience is right there, but there's so much space they have to fill as well for an actor. And um, it said the sense was smaller than it really actually was. And then tech was another thing we struggled with. Um, we had to really plan a stage around where the lights could hang because it's not built to have areas um, like a normal like thrust or area stage, small stage would have. We had to figure out where the lights would hang, how the movie like, moving lights would work moving forward, as well as audio, which I designed, and having different speakers, small and large, and getting that balance just right, which is very difficult because they're different powers and they have different sounds coming out because it is the building is built for the big proscenium and so most of the speakers are out in the house um and so i had to move them back there and you know try to get all that to work and but it went really well we got through a lot of kinks that way and just i think i grew as a designer as well as a director in that one one challenge was the alleyway Mm mm-hmm uh, arrangement of the set hmm. and figuring that out, right? Yeah, right. Because I've performed so much on thrust and also occasionally on proscenium, and so um, doing an alley was a totally new experience. And in a sense, it's you know harder just because it's new and different, and it's not something that you, as an actor, I'm used to. But it, it was fun to see the similarities between alley and thrust, and kind of how some of that carried over. And mm-hmm. um, yeah, so. this piece is kind of like alley thrust in arena all in one. Like it wasn't really <laughs> defined in any of those, and so yeah. Yeah. some of the lines made be different in a you know maybe traditional or longer alley, or you know it was just and getting them to the point of noticing where is the audience as actors, and so figuring that out. It was great to see you guys work together on different. You, you each took a different aspect of the production, mm-hmm. but you really did produce this as a group, and mm-hmm. I think learned a lot. Um, what, Nathan, so you were Creon in the production as a first-year student. You supported them in many ways, but what what did you learn from acting in the show? Um, going along with what Amy said, just not having really much of a set to work with and a lot of props and pieces and having to really just rely on the text and my body and the other people on stage and really just connecting in that manner. Mm-hmm. Um, also, the fact that the play doesn't have subtext, I, I love subtext, I love the nuances of it and finding my character in that subtext and being able to portray that, and I didn't want Creon to just appear like this villain, and so I was looking at the text and I was trying to see, okay, where in what he actually says hmm. does he change and grow? Um, because it's not underlining, it's it's there and it's happening. So mm. how to find that and make him dynamic instead of just this flat character. So talk to us a little bit about the moment of catharsis in the play and how that worked, because it really does involve you as a character. So what happens in that moment? Because we know catharsis is so important to Greek theater. What happens at that moment? And then how did you develop that moment as an actor? Um at the, at the end of the play, due to Creon's actions, his son commits suicide, and so he carries the body of his son in, and while he's doing that, he's keening, which is an Irish form of mourning and wailing, and it's just this deep emotional expression that comes through your voice, and um, that was hard for me because it's not a part of our American culture, and it's not really something that we're used to doing, and the first time I tried it, 
I, I thought, this is fake. Like, this feels fake, this looks fake, this sounds fake. And I really just had to give myself to it. Um, so I would go backstage in that short in-between time that I had, and I would just work on getting my breath down, and I would actually warm up with the keening. So I would have about three or four minutes backstage where I was keening before I came onto the stage. Um, it's like you had to stay on the language, yeah. And then suddenly there comes this point where it's just sound, mm-hmm. which we you were talking earlier, Aaron, about the Greek, uh, the Irish keening is really unique to Irish culture. Yeah, and it was a way that the Irish playwrights at the beginning of the 20th century were trying to create Irish modernism and Irish naturalism uh, by reconnecting to their regional culture. Yeah, bringing that onto the stage. Yeah, I mean, the Irish had their culture taken from them by the, by the British, and so during the Celtic Twilight, the Irish literary revival, yeah. the Abbey Theatre, they were trying to bring back some of those regional distinctives, and they were doing it in order to create naturalism. Um, and they were using poetry, and things like Keening appeared in their plays. And so it's really neat that Haney does that with his adaptation of Antigone, mm-hmm. a very Irish adaptation. And it can, the, the Keening connects to the Greek wailing, the O, I, E. And so that is this release of grief and emotion, which mm-hmm. is different. But it, in some ways, it's natural, but it's not something we're used to. And it's definitely distinct. Yeah, and I'm, I'm inclined to think that in the Irish culture they might think of it as natural, mm-hmm. whereas we would think of it as unnatural. Interesting. They would probably imagine it as a very natural response to grief, you know, mm-hmm. in the way that we might mm-hmm. think of a natural response. Uh, this play can teach us about grief in some ways. It can. There's a release of grief at times. We tend to hold things in. Yeah, and it, mm, it makes me think, even as you were talking, Nathan, I just kept thinking... It's not about finding the emotion first. It's about finding the sound and the physical reaction first and letting that physical moment create emotion. Mm-hmm. I don't think it goes the other way. Mm-hmm. I think it starts with the physicality of the moment and then the emotion follows that, mm-hmm. which I think is very normal. Mm-hmm. There are positions we can get our bodies in that create emotion that are different than like trying to find the emotion before right. we, right? That's that's the sort of naturalism approach is we have to find the emotion first in our mm-hmm. experience. Mm-hmm. And the second thing that comes then is the sound or the physical action. Mm-hmm. But when you put the physical action first. Yeah, and some plays are written that way, but then this this is all there, I think, in the yeah, in the language, in the text. It's it's finding that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well great. So uh, this has been great to talk to you all and to hear about your thesis season. Congratulations Amy and Ashley. Thank you. Thank you so much Nathan for helping out with them and we'll look forward to you're, you're looking at this yeah. next year you're going to do your own thesis season. Yeah. Just in once, less than a minute what did you do this year? In your first year so you don't have your thesis project but what in your first year you're supporting them mm-hmm. just list off what you did this year as part of your first year of the master's program. Um Along with helping Ashley and Amy, part of that involved marketing and dramaturgy. Um, I also did some directing. I did a little bit. I did a stage reading for one of the undergrad students. I got to act in a Shakespeare show in the fall, and then I obviously played Creon this semester. So it's it's been great, and I've loved it. Yeah, and busy, busy, very busy. Ben and I right now are in the middle of planning and finalizing everything that we're going to be doing next year. Just like Amy and Ashley have just finished. Yes, your thesis pitch has been made, and we're working on it. So 
It's a secret. Secretly. Secret. In dungeons. <laughs> in darkness. With, with rays of light. With rays of light. With candles. Candles. Okay. All right. That was a strange oh, Like the image. scholars of old. <laughs> <laughs> we'll always end with a jade's trick. A jade's I know you have old. I know you have old. <laughs> all right. Thank you all for listening. Check out our programs, both undergrad and graduate programs in theater at www.bjutheaterarts.com To check out the program or find out more information about our undergrad or graduate degree, please find us on Twitter, Facebook, or Instagram, or go to www.bjutheaterarts.com Check out the About or Current Season or the MA in Theater page. Thanks for listening.